0: Welcome to the Laces Out podcast. This is your host, Christopher Pepper. Thanks, Noah, for that fantastic introduction. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into the first ever main edition of the Laces Out podcast. And I'm an avid footballer football lover, Melbourne supporter, and I just want to share my thoughts on this great game every week. So tune in, subscribe, you'll get a review of the week's games every single week in my own personal thoughts, opinions and style, and also my tips for the upcoming round. So twice a week I'll be bringing you my personal reviews on this great game. But let's start with the games kicking off round five. And that game was the Sydney Swans hosting the Adelaide Crows up at the SCG on Friday night. And to everybody's surprise, pumped them by, and I will say pumped them by, 10 points. The scoreline, 75 to 85, was actually a little bit flattering because from the outset, Adelaide dominated the Swans. The Swans were too Buddy buddy Franklin focused. Uh, Their midfielders were very, very low on possession count. And more importantly, they were pretty pathetic. They just got smashed by a team that wanted it more. Um, so for everyone including myself who picked the Swans once again we've been probably tricked by uh, how buddy focused they are um, and they are not got him this week so he's going to be out with injury it's going to get harder for Jong-Lon I think for the first time in a while he has got a little bit of an ageing list or his top line players are getting on a little bit and they're going to have to start thinking a little bit outside the square um, finally I think they might have their little bit of a slide get those draft picks that they haven't had for quite a long time but once again it's only one blip on the radar Let's see how they go uh, this week. Uh, I believe it is against the Cats. Now, if we look at the Saturday afternoon fixture, the Saints and the GWS, if you had a chance to see the last probably five minutes of the game like I did, this was an absolute belter. And if you said to this at the start of the weekend that the Saints and GWS will be a game that you had to see, I would tell you to pretty much bugger off because the Saints were pathetic last week. And the GWS have just been ticking on nicely, but the Saints came out and played some really good football. Have a look at the last moment. Was it a free kick? I don't actually know. I personally think it wasn't, but it's ticky-touch, it could have gone either way. And regardless of the result, the uh, the Saints should be very, very pleased with what they rolled out. And the Giants, once again, it's just like going to the strippers. They tease, they tease, they tease, but they're just not pulling the trigger. Another team that's been teasing for quite a while is also Carlton, and they took on uh, the Eagles on Saturday afternoon and went down by 10 points as well. Once again, Carlton seemed to be just going along okay. Uh, there is a lot of questions around Bendon and Bolton and, and his team, but they've got a really good nucleus. Cripps, Kerno, Cruz are still in there. When you've got a good portion of your um, BNF leaders out from last year uh, through injury, The guys stood up, and they took the Eagles. Once again, the Eagles coming back from Perth, having a couple of kicks on the G for this time. Uh, I think it's their second trip there. They did an awesome job by taking on the points. They did what they needed to do. But, Carlton, you can hold your head up high. You have got a bit of pain to go through. Trust me, I know. I am a Melbourne supporter. uh, But you are eventually going to get there. Okay, next game in. Well, I'm going to talk about this team, Port Adelaide, in just a moment. But I picked them. I thought they would take it to them with all the recruits that they brought in. Rockcliffe, Watts, uh, Lindsay Thomas, um, you're going to get a special mention later on. Um, I actually thought they were going to pretty much pounce Geelong. Uh, it was the other way around. They went down to the tune of almost uh, six goals. Geelong were brilliant. You think about it, no Ablett in there. Makeshift back line and Tom Hawkins pulls out just before the game. And, and they've gone over and pumped a team that were looking like at one stage going to be the, 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 the hunted, not the hunters. Portland have a good, uh, need to have a good hard look at themselves. Um, Geelong, tell you what, I don't know. I'm still not convinced. I still think if they do get a couple of high-level injuries, I know Ablett's down, but when you push them 35-odd, this is going to happen. You've got to wait till a danger field and a Selwood are out of the team, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But one team that uh, you don't have to worry about performing at all, and they've pretty much done it for almost a year and uh, five rounds, is <laughs> the Western Bulldogs. Can you believe that just under two years ago, this mob won a premiership? They've gone over to to Fremantle, yes, Fremantle, and been pumped by 54 points. They are putrid. I tell you what, if they were a stock, I would sell, 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 and I wouldn't even buy them. Um, Doggy supporters, you must be feeling it at the moment, because your team, like I said, just under two years ago, won a flag from absolutely nowhere, and they were the benchmark. They They were the team that people wanted to beat. And now Freo have come back. Nat five he has made a massive difference to that group. If you have a look at the guys that came across, um, McCarthy, I know he was there for a while, but he's starting to pick up and get some groove. Um, Wilson has come across from the GWS and made a massive difference. Sandland is getting back into it. Michael Walters, he's massively underrated. And like I said earlier, Nat five he is starting to get back to that Brownlow middle form. The Western Bulldogs, I tell you what, if it isn't for Bontempelli, uh Dalhouse, and probably Jackson McRae, they're not going to go anywhere. They are, like I said, putrid. And if something doesn't change in the next few rounds, some serious questions are going to be asked on this playing group, if they haven't already. But I think the questions are really going to start to come onto Luke Beveridge's shoulders. Has the message got stale? Is his way of um, motivating this group um, lost its groove? Or was it just a flash in the pan? Now, trust me, being a Melbourne supporter for a group that hasn't made finals for 50-odd years, oh, sorry, have won a flag for 50-odd years and haven't made finals for 10, I wouldn't care if it was a flash in the pan. Um, I'd take it. But you want to have that sustained success. You'd rather see them up a lot longer than what they are at the moment. So... Some serious questions need to be answered for the group down at the kennel in Footscray. But i tell you what, Fremantle, they are starting to get a bit grooved together. And with a lot of games to be played over at that new Perth Stadium, they could be that smoky that people were looking for to make the eight at the end of the year. But as the year progresses, we'll track their progress. Talk about a mob that can just turn up one week and absolutely fizz the next. It's North Melbourne. Who would have thought that this mob would have come out, kicked seven goals, five, and it could have been closer to ten goals with a couple of them just sprayed across, to go and beat Hawthorne, who pumped the Ds by ten-plus goals the week before, to come out and beat them by 38 points. I didn't see it coming. Not a lot of people saw it coming. And I tell you what, uh, the guy that's uh, the AFL's answer to Krusty the Clown, Ben Brown, he is a freak. You look at how high he grabs the ball every time he takes it. A lot of backmen out there would be just rolling their eyes watching him walk towards you. Jared Waite, he came out and kicked three as well. But once again, it was their own ballers, uh, Tarrant, Cunnington, Jacobs, making a massive uh, amazing—sorry, making a massive um, improvement to the game. Hawthorne, once again, sticking to the old guys, Bruce, Gunson, Shields, they were the only ones who made an impact on this group. Um, Tom Mitchell was tagged by uh, Sam Jacobs, and whoa, who would have thought? He was limited in possessions. Um... I think I was walking home from the footy last night and there was two blokes saying, who would you take, Dangerfield or Tom Mitchell? And the consensus was, well, from a clearance perspective, you take Tom Mitchell over Dangerfield. But my consensus was, well, okay, once the ball's gone out, what does he do? You know, he's not very dangerous by foot, in my opinion. Uh, Yes, he does rack up a lot of possessions. But in terms of that stat of the day, which is the meters gained, he doesn't do a lot of it. Dangerfield, from that perspective, he'll take it, he'll bolt, he'll run, he'll kick. Yeah, he sprays them all over the park, but he is so dangerous in front of goals. So dangerous around the clearances. And you know what? He's the one player that I would be monitoring. So, yeah, Tom Mitchell, you, you did have a slower game, but you've got to do a lot more work to uh, be as dangerous as I would say for Paddy Dangerfield. And now we're kicking into the Q Clash and at the start of the, the start of the weekend, you probably would have thought, well, once again, another game that would be a bit of a blowout. But this was surprisingly a very, very good and a very, very tight game. The Gold Coast pretty much led for the entire day, but I tell you what, the Brisbane uh, Brisbane Lions and Chris Fagan and the job he's doing up there, they have got a very bright future. You have a look. Uh, Hipwood's kick three, Charlie Cameron's kick two. Um, you know, you look at their best pra- best players. you got Berry, Witherden, Marlon, McCluggage, Cameron, Andrews. Look, these are names that are fresh to this environment. And once I said, Chris Fagan, you have done an amazing job with that group. And, and give them a couple of years, they will be not just pushing top eight, they will be pushing top four, in my humble opinion. They've played against these a couple of times, and the last two times they have given us a scare. Um, they've got plenty of heart and they've got a guy who's leading them from the front. Gold Coast, under Stewie Dew, same sort of thing. they are being rebuilding. They've lost a couple of their major stars uh, over the last um, year or so, especially uh, Gary Ablett. But They are just doing what they need to. Uh, Tom Lynch, he is a fantastic captain. Uh, days out there as well. But once again, have a look at their best. Miller, Fiorini, May, Swallow, Weller, Harbrow consistency a little bit of old a little bit of new they once again if they can just keep it together on the field and listen to stewie Jew, they once again um not going to be seller dwellers for much longer they're going to have a lot more wins they're going to have a lot more smiles and another team that will i my humble opinion could be pushing for the top eight i don't think this year but definitely moving into the years uh, coming uh, coming uh, coming together but the thing also we need to make sure of is that the AFL are a funniest mob, and they want to make sure that um, they're getting their money's worth as well too. So we'll see what happens. But a, a gripping game, a five-point win to the Gold Coast. They're sitting nicely in the top uh, eight at the moment. And um, yeah, they've, they've surprised a few, but surprised a few, but how long is it going to last? Well, we're not too sure. And last game, but not least game that was completed overnight, was uh, the Melbourne uh, against Richmond on the traditional Anzac Eve uh, event. And for three quarters, it was a really tight contest. Melbourne came to play, which was great. We were sitting in the stands watching the game, and we're going, hey, they're here, they're ready to do something. But their forward structures are woeful. They are disgusting. They're too much use of handball. People can't hit targets. There's a few players in that team who I will go through. Stretch, um, Harms, Hunt, uh, Dom Tyson. There's just four that really, they, they need to have a good hard look at themselves because they've got so much potential. But once again, Melbourne have used that dangerous word, potential to describe how their season as a team could go, and they're just not living up to it. Hunt's a shade of his former self. Dom Tyson, I don't know if you ever got to watch the game, but he did a ridiculous kick backwards in the third quarter, or actually might have been the last quarter, when we had an open man on the wing, and you're sitting there going, why, why, why? And it's okay if you're going to make the kick, but he totally fudged it. And they turned it over, and lucky enough they didn't get a goal, but it just summed up our night. Um, you know, it, we're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Jesse Hogan, he is just dominating in his new role around the ground, but. We need him up forward. You know, it was written in the paper today. What would you rather have? Would you rather have a Hogan that stays at home, gets 10 positions but kicks four? Or a Jesse Hogan that roams around the ground, gets 20 but only kicks two? I would take option A. I'd start him in the goal square. If he's not getting anything, then move him forward. But don't just start him in that realm in the middle of the ground, because we just don't have the firepower down forward yet. Um, Wiedemann, there was a lot to like about him, but he was just just not in it. Um, why they didn't play Peterson, I'm not too sure. But if you flip it back to the other end, uh, Oscar McDonald, he, he's a guy that has absolutely copped it over the last few, uh, few years from Melbourne supporters, including myself. He played an absolute ripper of a game, and if you have a look at the best, how he didn't get in, I, I was stunned. He played a, a ripper of a game. Uh, it was great to see Jay Cleaver finally getting his hands on the ball, taking some solid grabs. Uh, probably his best game for the club. Um, it was great to see Milksham, uh do something besides AFLX um, by kicking four. Um, and once again, Michael Hibbard, he, probably his best game for the club this year as well too. How he got up from, if anyone gets a chance to see the spoil that he did where landed on his face, uh, there's a great photo in the Anzac Day edition of the Herald Sun which shows it. Uh, he is exactly the pig dog. He's exactly what we need. And Max Gorn, he just destroys anyone he's playing on at the Martin moment. Richmond, uh, I remember two years ago we played and that was a game where uh, Alex Rand punched Jack uh, Watts in the back of the head and, and we pretty much took him to the cleaners. In the space of two years, they've gone from uh, boiled lollies to first class Belgian chocolates. Um, they gave Dustin Martin the best but I, I don't I don't think I think he played a bit of a cameo in the last quarter when the damage was done um, their back line were tight um, Bashir Huley he just does what he has to do Lambert was great Higgins I, I don't understand why Melbourne didn't pick him up after his second goal which pretty much fell in his lap and in that last quarter once again Melbourne let uh, kick the first two goals of the quarter we thought here we go we're gonna we're gonna get this one and then Richmond go ahead and kick the next six once again, Going to watch the D's was just like going to the strippers, like I've mentioned before. It's just the ultimate tease. Just when you think you're going to get over the line, bang, they pull it away from you and you left home. You go home empty-handed and just devastated and frustrated again. Um, They play Essendon this week um, after a five-day turnaround. I'm not going to be covering the Collingwood-Essendon game. All I can say is I hope they punch the living suitcases out of each other um, and that Melbourne get to play Essendon with uh, pretty much uh, half a day's Less rest and taking part on Eddie head stadium. Maybe it's just a change of venue that they need. Uh, but something needs to change because uh, the back line are all over the place. Uh, the foreline line are a bit all over the place. It's pretty much a, the, the, the Ds look like a bucket of smashed crabs at the moment on the field. So I don't know what they're going to do. I'm, I'm really frustrated if you speak to any Melbourne supporter out there. They're frustrated as hell. Um, the questions are now going to come back onto Goodwin. The questions are going to come back onto the match staff, uh, who they pick at, at selection. There's a lot of things that they thought were going to happen at this particular moment that have gone backwards. Uh, they should be, theoretically, they should be 3-2, um, and two, but you know Max Gon's miss, but you can't all blame it on him, has put us down to 2-3 um, and three, and sitting comfortably out of the 8. So there's a lot of work in front of this group. I think that they can do it, but there's some serious uh, questions and changes that need to be made, um, not just moving forward into this Essendon game, but for the next month ahead leading up to the Queen's birthday game. And so this is a little segment that I like to call The Great Pretender. And this week's Great Pretender goes out to you, Lindsay Thomas. Your effort on Scott Selwood, which got you a three-week suspension, was nothing more, as his brother said, a dog act. It was soft, it was cowardly, and something that you've been doing for quite a number of years. Uh, Your status as an AFL player, I believe, has dropped considerably over the last number of years. And if I really wanted to get technical, I could throw your entire team in there as co-winners of the Great Pretender Award for this week. So congratulations, Lindsay Thomas. You are officially this week's Great Pretender. There you go, the first episode completed of the Laces Out podcast, and I'd love to hear your feedback. So wherever you've accessed this uh, podcast, whether it was Pocket Casts, uh, the iTunes Podcast Store, Google Play, and a number of our other avenues, Leave a message. I'd love to hear your feedback because we want to try and make this something that uh, people want to listen to, but more importantly, contribute to. So if you've got any ideas, tips uh, that you'd like to throw away, I would love to hear it. Now, stay tuned because later in the week, I'm going to give you my picks for this week's Round 6 of AFL Football. But um, that's it. Like uh, my son Noah said earlier, I'm Christopher Pepper. I'm the host of the Laces Out podcast. And all I've got to say is, bang, Laces Out.